Mic check one, two. Mic check one, two. You have such a wonderful podcast voice, Miss Tanya Ray. I've been working on it. Yeah. I've been really honing my craft. I really love our little, like, pregame chit-chat. You know, when the buddies call... The buddies called a bro about sports. Yeah, we bro out. Before. We bro. We bro. Literally, I think I'm the only person that gets like friends that call me and genuinely are like, "What are your thoughts on AB?" Like, well, you're not I the need only to have a person. No, no, no. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, but we are the only people like. Well, because we're like sports girls. It's like very rare. Chris, yeah. Chris Morrissey. Oh my god! Shout out to like, Chris. Shout Morrissey. out Chris Morrissey. What a legend. What a legend. Sixth grade buddy. Partner in crime calling me. He's like, Cordy, like, I need to get your your like your go to thoughts on Antonio Brown playing for the Patriots. He's the best, and he like he just like gets he just it. but he was just he genuine. Gets Listen, he fucking gets it. <laughs> Listen, there's like three people in Boston that currently still get it. <laughs> they just still get it, and they have to also be friends with me, you, yeah. and Field Yates. <laughs> so uh, it sounds like they're pretty connected. We also we learned a lot about today about who does not get it in Boston, and I am going to light them the fuck up. <laughs> Fox and Fallon episode 25 hit the quarter century here in Los Angeles. Tanya Ray Fox, Courtney Fallon, live from the Sunshine State. I think I already no, said that. Sunshine State's Florida. Oh, I'm sorry. I just got on the phone with Billy Corbin, yeah. my, my film producer friend. He's going so, to the Sunshine Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I was just, Although it's, it's really sunny and beautiful. It's here, really so sunny. It's hard, it's hard to keep it's, track. Wow. Okay. All right. Well. Um, week three? Where week are we three. three? We're wow. entering week three. We are in week three. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of business to attend to. A lot of just, I, I think this is just going to be an easy pot. It's going to roll off the tongue. Oh, this off, is my favorite kind tongue. of pot. It's all football and Twitter. <laughs> well, do you know what, do you know what, I mean, part of my take now on Mondays is doing like no guests, just all football all I the time. I love it. I, I like, it. and they're like, you know, and I'm like, honestly, props, bro. I prefer them without a guest. No, I do. No, I mean, like, I love the guests. Here's the thing, like I, I'm, I'm like a part of my take fan that I Me like. Too. I'll sit there and I'll just fucking binge for. I love that. for like I'll just be I'll be like cleaning my house and I'll binge and I'll be like, holy shit! I just listened to seven hours of part of my take. Yeah, no, they're like, and I genuinely think PFT is like, like I think he deserves some sort of Hall of Fame award for Twitter. I think he might mm. be one of the most like he got blocked by OJ. Ever. Didn't he get blocked by OJ? Good. Isn't that a badge of honor? I know, but it's I just it's funny. Like, he had some really. I just think these those dudes are like so stoned all the time, and they just think everything that we think. They're so funny. I know they're so funny. Yeah. All right, let's get Wait, to the topic. We just like totally promote someone else's podcast. I'm sorry. Listen to our podcast. Listen to please. our pod. All right, <laughs> topic number one. We're gonna go through. All right, we're gonna go through the headlines. Tanya, there was a lot of PI reviews. Yeah. Saints and Rams review. I personally, I think that. The league made a huge mistake by trying to get Dean Blandino to go mainstream because as soon as he left the front offices at 345 Park, shit's been going haywire with the zebras. And uh, and the week two has been no different. I watched the end of that Bears... Oh, the Bears. Bears Broncos, Broncos game. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, we got some issues, but listen, this is the time of year where everyone just gets up in arms and. Well, now's the time. Throws asterisks on your, on your, you know, on your football teams and your wins and whatnot. But we're gonna have a little ref discussion. Yeah, I mean, this is week one, week two. You get the kinks out. You know, I think the biggest worry at this point is like, hey, are they gonna get the kinks out? And that's something we're gonna talk about when we continue the topic. I feel you. They will. What do you think, Courtney? Is the next topic? God love you. I know. I don't watch your network. (laughs) 
Okay, I don't. I don't Please watch start. Fox Sports One Please programming. Start. Just put it on the background. Don't watch it. Just I mean, no, no, no. I just, I don't. I love, I love all the personalities, but like, I don't watch your network. But I was like, honestly, I was like, oh, Jalen Ramsey wants to be traded. Mika Fitzpatrick, Jamal Adams is like, my coach bench me. I don't trade think me. Ask for a trade though. I mean, no, but I mean, no, they all did. They all voiced their wow. opinions. Uh, he probably was the source that said, like, sure. everyone wants out of Miami. So we're, we're going like, to talk about the Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're going to talk about, like, hey, like, is the NFL turning into the thing NBA? Because it sounds like it. Yeah. I, I'm not happy here. I got into a fight with my coach on the side of the field, and, like, I can't go into the buildings, and I can't look him straight in the face, so I need to I need to leave. I mean, that's... I, I, that's I, exactly what's that's happening. That's what's happening. It's totally what's into, happening. We'll get into it in the topic. All right, Jalen Ramsey. Where is he going? Yeah, yeah. The third topic, we're going to do an Eli Manning era over in New York. And, you know, you're talking to the right person here because I, after I left NFL Network, I did a season with the New York Giants. You and, did. And that was the Ben McAdoo disaster. The, the muzzle that was put on my mouth to have an opinion about what was going on. Yeah. But it's finally over. Does this do Eli some justice in his Hall of Fame argument in the NFL? The last two days on Twitter have shown me this is, might be the most divided Hall of Fame argument that we're ever going to have. He's and gonna I think get in. Courtney, Go, keep going. And I think that uh, it's probably the most excited I've been for a topic. In this <laughs> it's I'm not tearing into I'm not even kidding. No, not, not I. Don't, don't assume what I'm going to say. I'm just All right, saying. Whatever. Okay. Whatever. All right. Well. All I right. Mean, and then and then our gimmicks and rants is gonna be hater zone. This is it's gonna get haterific up in this, guys. I'm going rogue. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. I, I Tanya's favorite word going rogue. I'm going rogue. I will say one thing that is a hundred percent gone rogue, whether I just say, say it or not, is the refereeing in the first couple weeks of the season, Courtney. So far, there have been so many opportunities for coaches and players to either try to throw the refs under the bus or to complain about calls. And I wouldn't say that they have been wrong, um, per se. You know, the refing has been rough through the first couple of weeks, highlighted by a really tough call against who else but the Saints in this last week. Uh, Cam Jordan had what would have been a return for a touchdown, and it was whistled dead. Saints didn't look that great in that game. They probably still would have lost it. However, as you and I both know, Saints fans have been so, 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 so salty, as have the players since the NFC Championship game, Courtney. Yes. At this point in time, knowing what the refs are dealing with, with the new PI review, the giving more coaches the power this year, do you think that this is a legitimate refereeing problem or is this teams and players taking advantage of the confusion? Tanya, are we going to micromanage every referee and every decision that they make on the fields? These are guys that know the rule book front to back. So this is a situation, a perfect situation of... The refs being on information overload. When I saw them blow the whistle too early on the Cam Jordan play, which was, it was really inexplicable. All I could think was, I think that ref was looking for the other plays. They're, like, they're trying to make sure there wasn't PI. They're trying to make sure that there wasn't holding. Apparently, they're obsessed with holding for the, for the first two weeks of the season. There's all these things they're looking for. And so instead of paying attention to the play at hand, they're trying to look at, all the ways that something that they're doing could be called for one of those new non-call PI fl- or you know non-call flags, and I genuinely think that at this point we have to consider that Twitter and social media and our access to game film and all the things we didn't used to have access to even ten years ago yeah. has gotten to the point where I understand how bad that Saints call was last year. It would have been bad in SD in the 1980s, but it's. It, those types of plays happened back then. They happened in the 90s. They happened in the 2000s. 
We could go back and find egregious calls like that at any point in history. We have to be able to move on from them and recognize them as isolated incidents without creating this sort of chaos for the next season of referees. Here's here's my, my thought, and we always have this situation. Week two of the NFL, it's always a fucking mess. It is. And, like, I, you know, so then what happens? So then the league reviews things, we have discussions, and the refs swallow their whistles. We understand, like, there really should be, like, eight refs on the field. But then it goes by each judgment of each, of each official ref in right. the league. And, like, I don't... It, it it causes for too much confusion, too much anger. People, the people, the good people in New Orleans want to fucking kill everyone in, in the league offices. Whether calls from last year or calls from this year, oh, have we not seen this film before? Have we seen this situation before? It's gonna get muted because it causes too much controversy. There's literally, there's quite literally too many cooks in the kitchen. A- exactly. You can't have the referees. Plus the coaches with more power than they've ever had. Plus the guys in New York looking over everything. Plus Al Riveron being able to go back and look and say, okay, we're going to find Jamal Adams for hitting Baker Mayfield two days after the fact. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. And that's not to even account for the fact that we have a bunch of Twitter football warriors who take the film and rightfully or wrongfully break it down frame by frame. We now have thousands of quote-unquote Football experts doing the things that we were never able to do back in the day. We could just watch the game. And I have to remind people that this is all because of a play, an NFC championship game that the that didn't actually determine the outcome of the game. At the time that that happened, the Saints kicked a field goal and won. They blew that game. They won the coin toss and Drew Brees threw an interception in overtime. Right. They lost that game fair and square after a very unfair call. That's the way football works. And if you look to the best coach in the NFL in the history of this game, Bill Belichick, every single time they ask him about a a rule change or a bad call, his motto has always been, these are the rules. Behind the scenes at the NFL meetings and owners meetings and all that stuff. There's too many many changes. He will will lobby for changes. He'll lobby for certain things. But in the season, he never hear the man complain about now. People will say, well, the Patriots always get the best calls, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay. How many crap at this point? You know what? Like, play football. And know the rules. Because you know what's, you know why Bill Belichick is the greatest to ever do it? Because his father wrote the book on the NFL. And this dude knows the rule book front to back. And he knows where to bend and break the rules. And he's smarter than every coach because he has the experience. So you know what? Get on his level. Also, Saints, listen, you got robbed of a touchdown. Cam should have had the touchdown, okay? How about this? Then, when you get screwed, stop Jared Goff and Sean McVay, get the ball back, and score a fucking touchdown. Yeah, exactly. That's how football works. It has always worked that way. Exactly. Do you think in the 1970s, when the Steelers won four Super Bowls, that the refs were just killing it back when they were also, like, drinking whiskey before the games <laughs> and like come on dude it's not like refs have gotten worse this conversation it's like hello we've been here before groundhog right. day like I, I, how is this any different than any other year moving on well before we move on real quick what? i just want to say courtney at least in 2019 yes we know what a catch is <laughs> <laughs> yes we no longer have to ask that question and yes. so for that 
We praise whatever God you worship. Okay. It's Mashiach. Courtney, tell me about... <laughs> Sorry, just, I don't think <laughs> conversation about Mashiach. No, 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 no. No? No, no, no. Tell me about Jamie Ramsey. Tell me about Jamie Ramsey. I can't. No, no Jewish talk for today. No, I think I'm fine. Listen, okay. it's almost Rosh Hashanah. Come on. Okay. We, we should, next week, we should do a little story time. A little, like, Jewish New Year's story time. I don't know time. if anyone needs that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Courtney. Listen, the resident Jew here. Hey, they're making here. a Jewish princess hey, in Disney. Played out Jalen Ramsey topic. Jalen Ramsey. Outspoken. I'm telling you, I interviewed this kid. Wait, tell the tell the people what's going on with Jalen Ramsey. He requested right. a trade from the Jaguars. I, he got into a big fight with, with Doug Marone. I loved that, you know, uh, Diana Rossini, my, my BFF at the ESPN. queen of the sidelines. Queen of the sidelines. Queen of everything. Breaking news. I mean, my girl just kills it. She drops, like, the, my dad's been friends with Doug Marone no, for their whole she, life in, 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 like, the, in the, the Bronx. Bronx. Thing, yeah. yeah. He's a tough cookie. Like, I wouldn't fuck with him. You know? Yeah. I mean, listen, we've had this conversation about Doug Marone on this podcast, too. Like, I, I love, I love Doug We are Marone. the one podcast that's had multiple conversations about <laughs> Doug Marone. <laughs> all right, so Jalen Ramsey, he wants to be, he gets into a fight with his coach on the sideline. And then all of a sudden, because, you know, everyone in Miami wants out of that dumpster fire... Minka Fitzpatrick gets traded to the Steelers. Taco Charlton demanded a you know a release from the from the Cowboys. He's now he on got, the Dolphins. Yeah, no, but like <laughs> I no, but literally like uh, all these players all of a sudden have just been demanding trades because right. they lose their cool and they want out. So, anyways, Jalen Ramsey, the next all pro corner. I don't know. I mean, Isn't do I do I throw do I throw that out too easily? Saying they're no, all absolutely pro no. he's he's in the argument for the best cornerback in the league. And most, he's amazing. Most uh, people would say. That he has an issue. Cover corner. Cover corner. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, because those, are, those guys are dinosaurs. The slot. He has a little bit of, like, an issue with the smaller, quicker receivers. But in terms of shutting down your number one deep threat, he's the Oh, 100%. Deep. He plays man-to-man. Yeah. I mean, those literally are dinosaurs in the yeah. NFL. So Jalen Ramsey wants to be traded. Where is the best fit and who needs him the most? Um, he's not coming to the Patriots because, <laughs> you know, it's Devon Gilmore's birthday today. For once in the Patriots' goddamn lives <laughs> for the last 10 years. They might have the Their best secondary is so stacked. We were just talking with, about this with our boy Chris Morrissey. They might have the they truly might have top to bottom the best defense in the league. They have an incredible defensive line. Jamie Collins is out of Jamie, control. We got my, Michael Bennett with no sleeves out there, no <laughs> shoulder pads, just going rogue as per usual. However, it's really interesting to think about what he could do for a contender, either whether it's in the NFC or the AFC, because he is such a valuable player. He is passionate. Yeah. Um, he's loud, uh, certainly, but he's not the kind of locker room distraction that uh, I think that people think he might be. He's pretty. He's pretty well liked overall. He's. Um, he's I mean, he's. This dominant. kid is so. I I interviewed him when I was in Jacksonville for NFL Network, and I I I had like a one on one with him, and I was like, this was a rookie, and he had the voice of the locker room. Not only does he does he put his you know play on the field, but. I mean, this guy is a voice. Yeah. And any team would be lucky to have him. He's a great presence. So, I mean, yeah. is he going to go to a winning team? I think so. I think I, that's the only reason that... So, what's happening right now is the Jaguars are asking for two first-round picks for him. They're asking for that. They well, he was a first-round pick when yeah. he came in the league. And they're not going to get two first-round picks. Nobody's going to give that up. I, I mean, maybe someone would if they th- thought that they could win the Super Bowl this year and it was their only chance. But for the most part, I think it's going to be a first and something else. Um, but so you, he has to go to a contender because otherwise the, the, the cost is not, is too high. Yeah. If you're a rebuilding team or you're a middling team, you need to keep that round, that first round pick for yourself. Yeah. Unless what you need is a single cornerback, which most contending teams like that, that's, that, 
they would need that. A rebuilding team doesn't. So does he go to the Browns? Like, so I don't, well, I like, think you know, for the 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 general consensus is that it's you know it's some, someone like the Seahawks, someone like the Chiefs, teams that are in contention but are like a little bit short defensively. And I think for most people, the Chiefs because their secondary has been so bad and they well, they lost Eric Berry last year. And they just are. But like Eric Berry wasn't playing lacking. up. He wasn't playing. Eric Berry wasn't playing up to his part. Defensively lacking, and yeah. they in a in a cover corner like that would be a massive achievement for them. Yeah. Like, here's the problem with Jalen Ramsey going to the Chiefs. At the end of the day, the Chiefs are going to build their team and they're going to build this season around beating the Patriots in the AFC Championship game because that's what they that's their worst-case scenario they have to prepare for is either going to New England or hosting New England again. And Jalen Ramsey is not the Patriots' killer. He is not the no. way you're going to lose against the Patriots because nope. guess what happens when you take away Tom Brady's best wide receiver? He finds a new best wide receiver or Bill Belichick schemes up a running game with 54 different running backs that you can't fucking defend. No. So that what what a real contender against the Patriots needs to do is is get at Tom Brady. They need to hit him. You don't even need to sack him. You need to constantly be in his face all game. Jalen Ramsey cannot help you with that because it, he Tom Brady gets the ball out too quick and he has too many weapons. He's too good at yeah. that. So... Do I think he could make the Chiefs better? Absolutely. He will make any team he goes to better. But the team that I think where he could make the biggest difference and help get his team to a Super Bowl versus the rest of the field yeah. is the Seahawks because the Seahawks Dude, are the in Se- I mean, I can't even division. I can't even think about I can't even think about how, how much he would dominate. Division, no, but it's you know like, what though? But like uh, the, the moves on, that they made Dude, can you imagine putting him on Brandon Cooks? Dude, he would put destroy it, him. Judavian Clowney. I mean, the front 7 that team is so stacked. I can't Bobby even. Wagner at, coming at your quarterback. I mean, and Jalen Ramsey covering your best. Yeah, receiver. exactly. I mean, that's that's a scary thought. The and craziest thing too, Courtney, is that he could actually cover George Kittle. Like he can cover a tight end. No, hundred like, percent. He's a big enough. It, there, he might be the only cornerback that I've seen besides maybe like a Richard Sherman, like those big, super physical guys who could cover your biggest. Guy. So yeah, I think like I uh, seeing him in the NFC West, I think would be really incredible. The Rams have shown a little bit of vulnerability this year. The 49ers are an up and coming. We still don't know fully what we have there. And if you have one of the best cover corners of the last 10 years in the league, plus one of the best pass rushers, plus Russell Wilson, all of a sudden the Seahawks, they uh, start yeah, to Super look Bowl like contenders, a Super Bowl contender. That is crazy to me. They got, they had yeah, a well, now, now that the Saints are, by the way, I, I knew right away. I was like, ligament damage in his thumb. Like, it's oh. over. But, you know, the thing about Drew Brees is I genuinely think he could come back and help them to a Super Bowl win or just, like, be done for the year. Like, yeah. you don't really know what – because we've never seen know. him in this I do know, but they, they struggled, man. I don't, I don't think that – They struggled. They should have lost that game against the Texans. Like, I don't – hurt, they were looking Were we them. not right, by yeah. the way? Were we not fucking right about the Texans – we went out on a limb, and we talked about that trade with the Dolphins. I just, I knew it. Kenny Stills also getting very involved in the police anti-brutality in, in the city of, of Houston. I mean, props to him. I, I do not think that this is going to be a one-and-done year for the Houston Texans. No, I, I you know, just Sean Watson is magical. I mean, He, was, just he had a tough up. game the last game. However, he also, like, at the end of the day, Deshaun Watson at any given point in the game, I would say of all the young quarterbacks outside of Patrick Mahomes... He is the most likely to have the ball in his hands with a minute and a half left and just carve you up. Yep. Because he has DeAndre Hopkins, because of all the things that, you know, the 
the things that they can do offensively. I just, I think he's so talented. I really hope they can keep him healthy all year. Obviously, we got a little off of the Jalen Ramsey topic, but but this the, the real the real crux of it is I don't know that he is the answer in the AFC. We've seen we've seen Jalen Ramsey go up against the Patriots in an a and in an AFC championship game, and we know how that ended. It, he he's not the X factor against a quarterback like that, but he could be in the NFC. All right, topic number three. Yes. Um, <laughs> you are, sorry. Put your little like evil talk away. I'm so excited. Um, Eli Manning era is over in the NFL. I am super excited for the Daniel Jones era in New York City because, by God, they need it. Like, like let's move on. He leaves the league. One sixteen. One sixteen. Five hundred. Okay. Statistically, talking, exactly mediocre. Statistically <laughs> mediocre. Could never hit his receivers downfield. I don't even care if you want to say that their offensive line sucks. Sure. They've drafted a bunch of players. Yeah. Eric Flowers. I mean, like, what? Regardless of if they haven't worked out, like a Hall of Fame argument. As, I, I don't think it'll be first ballot. I, I mean, mean, he'll be a Hall. He's, he'll he's, be a, the fact of the matter is, the biggest argument for Eli Manning to be a Hall of Famer is his importance to the history of, of the, the Patriots. And so and honestly, yes. and that's not actually wrong. That's no, I mean I agree. Is. I agree. He he beat the Patriots twice in a Super Bowl. Now, were those teams defensively led? Yes. Did they have an incredibly good defensive coach who came up with Bel Belichick and, and Parcells and the same sort of like vein of those guys? Yes. Tom Coughlin was exceptional in in those years. Let me make a point here, okay? middle-of-the-road quarterbacks who have stats like Eli Manning who never figure out how to turn it on, who never figure out how to take on the responsibility of the quarterback role and push their team through a playoff, who blow it for their teams, who we see defense. We have watched the Bears take all-time defenses for 20 years and blow their opportunities. We watched the Brian Urlacher Bears Go down in flames for years. Rex Grossman embarrassed himself in the Super Bowl. Awful. Every time Eli Manning got into that opportunity in the Super Bowl, he made sure he wasn't the reason they lost. Now, I know <laughs> that that is not an endorsement. That sounds like it's a compliment. But I will say this. There's something to be said for a quarterback who knows how to make sure that their best unit on the field can do their job. Okay? Michael Strahan has a ring because Eli didn't fucking blow it. And you can say that that's, a, that's parsing or that's bullshit because he, he was never a top 10 quarterback and he never had the stats and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I've watched quarterbacks just like Eli Manning not be able to get over the hump because they don't have what it takes in the big moments. And he, he just did. It's annoying. Did it last that long? No, it was from about 2007 to 2014. It was a seven-year stretch where you were like, is Eli kind of good? Oh, all right, I guess he's kind of good. Came out with two rings. I don't know the, how you can overlook. If it weren't for Eli Manning and Tom Coughlin, the Patriots would have eight fucking rings. <laughs> so I've thought a bunch about this the last couple of days because I'm on the, anybody who follows me on Twitter knows I'm on the huge bandwagon of recognizing what, the Patriots dynasty has meant history and how much of a disservice we're doing to future football fans by ignoring some incredibly important Patriots because they aren't like a top 10 statistical player in the league, which is impossible to do on a Patriots team, but that's, you know, a totally different topic. 
They're still going to, I still think they're going to win. Erase that from history. And I, I think it's important that we stop making every single Hall of Fame argument for who was the very best player at their position? At but that's time. it's everyone because everyone's is, so short-sighted. Ladainian Tomlinson's probably the best running back I ever. Watched. I love Ladainian Tomlinson. That's my shit. dude. He did, he belongs in the Hall of Fame just like anyone with his talent does. But I also think players who are able to come up in big moments who aren't the number one guy are also they they deserve to be recognized in the annals of history. And you know, like winning is so important in this league. It's the most profitable league in the world. It's time for us to understand that we value two things. We value individual greatness and we value team greatness. And people who allow for team greatness deserve to be remembered. I can't believe I just fucking said this. Put Elon Manning in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say a name to you real quick, okay? Yeah. Joe Namath is a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer not because of his stats. He was not he even. A, he wasn't even one of the fifteen. Yeah, best but this is. I mean, this is not. No, this is like. No, this is. This let is me tell like, you something. Okay, Courtney. Let me make my point. What? He wasn't a. He wasn't a Hall of Famer because of his stats. He was inaccurate even for his time. Okay. However, he bridged the gap between the AFL and the NFL. Yeah. He won the AFL, the AFL championship, and then won a Super Bowl, and it was a huge deal. For the beginning of the NFL and the history of this, the modern game, what he did bridged the two leagues, and it was important with bringing in fans and everything else. Yeah, and the, his his legacy and he was wants helping to kiss them, every pretty girl. His legacy was helping uh-huh. the modern NFL survive. So, I think that when you th- talk about the two thousands in football, when you talk about the last two decades of football, to think that you can't tell this to sit. To say that you could tell this story without Eli Manning is a lie. And I'm not talking about Eli Manning being just existing in the world. He had some heroics. It, it just, it was what it was. I think if he'd retired in 2014, after the 2014 season, it wouldn't have even been a question. He did himself a big disservice by playing way, way, way too long. Yeah, but he wanted to be just like his brother. I don't I blame him, so. Well, he always has. Yep. All right, giving some rants. End of the show. The hater zone. I think this is just all like a Tanya Ray. Like I'm just gonna rip everyone. I mean, I have a lot of haters that I would love we to both rip. We have haters. I mean, everybody, anybody who's worth anything has haters. All right, okay. pull up the tweets, Tan. Well, you know what? I'm not even gonna do this dude the service of reading his bullshit tweets because don't. to be honest, because don't feed into that shit. To be Here's- honest, let me tell you guys a quick little story yeah. about what it's like being a female in sports. Yeah, you come up in the scene with other people who are trying to do the same thing you are doing. And when you succeed and they don't, they have a little bit of resentment for you. So I came up on the scene with this guy. We stayed friends. I know this person, by the way, too. Courtney knows him. He comes at me out of nowhere. Dude's never, he, we never interact on social media. Just calling me a homer because I'm making Hall of Fame arguments, blah, 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 says this is what homers look like. Three tweets worth. I wake up to this. Like, I engage with people in on Twitter in good faith. You want to debate me? You want to bring facts? I have been schooled plenty of times. Absolutely. I've been wrong. Debate me. Argue with me. Conversate with me. Don't ever fucking tell Tanya me Ray. that my takes yes. are some homer bullshit because when I'm being a homer, I'm the first person to tell you. I know when I put my homer tweets out and when I'm being legit. And I've spent the last 10 years of my life every day pouring over stats, talking to NFL players, 
working with producers, engaging with writers, writing myself, reporting. I have done everything in this industry to earn my fucking spot, to put out my opinions on who should be in the Hall of Fame and why. You can disagree with me, but don't ever fucking try to disregard my resume and my hard work by calling me a homer because you don't like where your fucking career is at. So good luck with your dance lessons with my sister who choreographed your wedding routine. Hope you feel good about yourself. Hope you got a couple new followers. I'm out. Um, I think Tanya, just on that rant, you, you're speaking for me as well. I mean, working for NFL Network, I earned my goddamn keep in that, in that building. Absolutely. I came in there, my first job in the business, I carried my own 40 pound, 40 pound camera, 30 pound tripod. I set that shit up every single day at practice. And when I walked in that building five years later as the NFL Network insider for the Patriots and every single goddamn player down to Tom Brady looked at me and said, you deserve this. I, I feel you. I feel you on a whole different level. And like what, when I went home to Boston, I felt this too. I mean, Twitter's just been like, Twitter's a warfare that like, I don't want to mess with. You know, reporter discovers fourth preseason game. Is Brian Hoyer really going to get cut? Like, had this whole conversation about my take on Brian Hoyer being cut. Right. You know, and I was fucking right, you yeah, know? You because, right. like, I have my sources. I have my people. I have worked my ass off to be where I am. And the people that know me and the players that know me that I have, like, forged relationships with. Yeah. That, that just understand, like, yo, this is homegirl and she fucking knows her sports. Like... It shouldn't be an issue, but like, uh, listen, I feel you. When you want to get on your soapbox and just say, like, put the big, like, middle fingers up, I get it. Yeah, and I think that mm -hmm. people don't, I think people should do it more often because to be honest, like, you, like, he straight up told me, he's like, I see everything you see. I know everything you know. You think no, you he know don't. everything? No, he doesn't. He's Bitch, lying. You watched a fuck, you watched Red Zone on Sunday. You know what <laughs> I was doing? I was talking with Jeff Fisher for. 45 minutes about football shit you're never gonna hear and you're never gonna know. We, and you know what? I, that's my job. That's what yeah. I work for. You go do you and I will do me. And if you want to debate me on Twitter, come at me with some facts. Don't hit me with the you mad gif like a fucking loser. <laughs> because that's what That's just such do. a cop out. Such, such a, a cop out. Cop -out I'm good. I know. You are good. I, I want to finish. I want to end the podcast uh, with a tweet. Actually, PFT was, uh, he liked, and I just, just popped on my phone. David Ortiz tweets, yo, Twitter, I'm back. Catching up on all the tweets I've missed the past few months. Thanks for all the love and the support. If there is any player that I have traveled thousands of miles to yeah. go see the end of his career, bawled my eyes out in the press conference, David Ortiz, you are my life. I am so happy <laughs> that you are alive. And, like, I really wouldn't, you know, as we, we both probably will need bereavement time away from, you know, from work when, when Tom Brady retires, I, I, would, I, I would lose my mind if we lost David Ortiz. I and, know. like, I'm, I, then nothing makes me happier. So Patriot we're going to... of Boston sports. He means everything The House of Hero Worship is Fenway Park, yes. regardless of what everyone, anyone oh, says. Hey, hey, spoiler alert, we're being homers right now. Hope we don't... Oh, I, oh yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Please don't, don't if get If it doesn't ruffle, ruffle your feathers there. <laughs> we 
We always will root for David Ortiz. I can't wait to see, like, hey, should we oh. go see him be inducted in the Hall of Fame? Like, oh I no, might. I will be on I the first might. goddamn flight. Oh my god, um, I, I know, I know. We we x out and and a whole Antonio Brown conversation in this podcast. I don't give a fuck. I don't really. I don't. I don't want to talk about him yeah. here. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to like induce that that conversation. I know that Boston Sports Radio. They're just nonstop yeah, we're about. We're from that right now. I, I just I don't yeah. need it because apparently, like since AB has been signed, it's just been it's been twenty four hours of AB talk in Boston, and I know this on everyone's mind. But listen, like if you want to have a conversation about AB with me, you can call me. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. Hit I, me on the digits. I, you know, there's a lot to be uncovered, and if there ever ever is real news and real facts it's, for us to break down. We're going to do it, but in the meantime, I, I just no, listen. I wanna enjoy, I know this is going to be the lamest shit ever, and maybe I'll regret saying this in the future, but, like, I just, I, I want to watch football this week. I just want to watch football. I, then that's exactly what we're going to go do, and we're going to do that right now. All so right. thanks for listening to the show. Tweet us. Send us some feedback. We want to hear it. I, I don't even think, honestly, like, football season, I don't even need it. Unless there's a big story, I don't even think we need a guest. No, it's I just I, you and me. Just it. you and me, girl. And to, well, you know, unless we snag a big fish. In the meantime, it's just going to be us. And we love you guys. Thank you for putting up with our ranting today. You know, we got to. I think this was an excellent podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Holla. All right, bye. Holla, holla, bye. holla, bye. <laughs> that was awful. That was like a taco. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! I can't. I can't even deal. God. I'm down. I'm down. I love the Stat Geeks. I'm down. You can Staying at home. One me. of them actually works for WEI actually, now. Shout out to Matt D. <laughs> shout, at, shout out to at, Matt D. At greatness is, underscore friend. Is, is Matt D from the D? Matt D. Is he is, from Detroit? He's got a cute dog as his avatar and he's like helping me out with some like issues. Oh, if he's helping you out, then that's fine. Okay. Wait, did you do the levels? Yeah, the oh. levels are fine. Okay.